0: Hello, I'm Rebecca Horan and a very warm welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by rollercoaster.ie. In this season, I will sit down and chat to 16 pretty interesting people to discuss pregnancy, parenting and everything in between. On this episode, I sit down with fashion stylist Sarah Rickard, owner of Styled by Sarah Rickard and mother to two boys. This is a very interesting guest I have on today. Someone I have followed and watched from afar, but I've never actually been in the same room with, but but heard a lot of wonderful things about um, and kind of has a, a, such a creative job that, I suppose, you know, when you head into the world of parenting, it kind of lends itself. Um, Sarah Rickard, cele- previous stylist to stars, but now boutique, online boutique owner and, you know, still a stylist and working away, but also mom of two children. Very welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. And I forgot how much I love podcasts. Do you but do a lot of this? Well, I did a stint uh, co-hosting the podcast for Image oh, uh, nice. called Smart Casual. It was a fashion podcast. So that was really nice to do that and it was such a great kind of creative outlet and to talk about kind of our backgrounds and our passion you know so it was lovely it was kind of just before COVID.
0: Just podcasting is such a it's such a different entity isn't it we always you know, I was in radio for a long time, but there's something so raw and natural and easygoing about just having a chat like this and where it'll take you, you don't know. Um, I think sometimes when you're filmed or it's video, it's just a different, there's a physicality, like you feel like you have to aesthetically be really yes. on your A game, you know. I think you can just relax You can relax, a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Well, Thanks so to nice it. to meet you. Um, like I said, I follow you with interest and we can talk about that in a minute about what your venture is now. Talk to me about your life um,
1: pre babes What age are your children now, Sarah? So my eldest is eight. He'll be nine in July and my youngest is six. He'll be seven next month. So I'm definitely out of the trenches, as mm, I would call it. Okay. You know, I was... I I always had to remind myself that zero to five really is the trenches. Like people say it's the first year. But honestly, I felt like it was the first five years. With the lack of sleep and all the illnesses. And the emotional roller coaster ride. Yeah, there's a lot of big feelings
0: in our house Um, and not just me. Um, But what was your pre you talked to me about your husband, how you met and your, your life, you know, before it kind of changed and it does change
1: forever, you know, unbelievably. So I've worked in the Irish fashion industry for two decades. Um, I started out as a fashion stylist just after I left UCD. Um, I started assisting other stylists and then I landed a role uh, as the chief stylist for Irish Tatler. So that was part of the Harmonia group at the time and they did several publications. So they had Irish Tatler was their kind of high fashion and then they had You Magazine and Woman's Way. So I ended up kind of overseeing the three magazines and doing all the what fashion What age content. were you doing that I wrong? would have been early 20s. Um, I think I actually got it when I was, it was mid-20s, I was 25 yeah yeah it's a big gig it was it was brilliant and I didn't realize how lucky I was at the time you know it was just like you know when you're young and I suppose ballsy and you're just like yeah of course you know like of course I can do it so I absolutely loved it and like that I would be going over to London Fashion Week and um doing all kind of the editorials and then the celebrity shoots for the covers Mm -hmm. so I got to meet so many people and um so many connections and contacts, and I was in town every single day. You know, I knew the first names Buzzy of everyone that worked like in Thomas. Yeah. Absolutely, all the boutique owners would know me, and it was just really nice. I felt like I belonged, you know, which is really lovely, especially kind of so young. And um, so that was really, really interesting and fab. And I could still do freelance gigs, so I was still doing like. I was doing fashion production and shows for the likes of Harvey Nicks and I was assisting on the Brent Thomas shows all around the country it it was brilliant it was the industry was buzzing at that time we're talking you know the naughties, yeah. and then obviously the 2010s early 2010s so um it was a really good time stressful to be in the fashion industry it was of course stressful but I felt like I kind of felt like I could manage it yeah. like I say that now looking back I'm sure I was an absolute wreck because I've always been an anxious wreck but um, but you didn't have the th- the other things when you came home to then be responsible absolutely. for it yeah. it was just me it was you you yeah. know um, I met my husband in 2008 um, and yeah we same we as me got really that's interesting we got <laughs> together and kind of things moved quite quickly we moved in together five six months after meeting wow special that's really it was lovely it just Felt right. Is he you see, in a know? different world, uh, yes, he's in kind of tech, okay. um, so he's got the sensible job. Okay, and I suppose he would credit himself as having tamed the wild woman. You know, <laughs> um, he's very straight and very, you know, like he's just a real man, a okay. real doer and productive. And like <clears throat> I would be working long nights, and when every time he went to go on holidays. I'd get a job and I'd have to move it out, you know. And he'd be like, "You should just be working nine to five. You should, you know. He was constantly that voice Practical. in my ear saying, "This isn't right," you know. They're, and I'm like, "Well, this is the Sick. gig. This is the life." Yeah. Yeah. So in 2011, um, I moved kind of away from Irish Tatler, um, and I started my own personal shopping. Service and the girls in costume were just so amazing. They let me use the upstairs, which was their bridal suite, and um, so I had a little studio space in town. But I was also still doing all, all my freelance work okay. and still doing the show production and everything. So I was really busy, and I kind of I spread myself too thinly, I suppose. I couldn't really give as much as I needed to the personal shopping side of things, okay. and I, I knew there was a business in it, but I couldn't figure out how to get it right. You know, so. Um so then in in the at the end of 2011 I was at a press show for Primark for Pennies and I got talking to one of the directors and she asked if I'd be interested in coming on board in the in a buying capacity and we were at a stage we were engaged we were just about to get married and um so it was 2012 and we were trying to get a mortgage and all you know real life was happening so I met with her a couple of times and I had actually studied I had I had always been interested in buying. I'd done buying merchandising and um, design in after college, and uh, it had always been something on my mind. So I just thought, okay, if not now, then when. So I I joined the buying team of Primark in 2012, which was a shock to the system, to say the least. But it was brilliant. It was brilliant, so full but on, but intense, full
0: on, demanding. The corporate world.
1: Yeah, it's a very different going from my freelance like I could turn down jobs if I wanted you know if I felt I was too stretched not that I ever did I said yes to absolutely everything that's the other side of being a stylist in Ireland you have to say yes to everything I could be doing a little campaign one day and a high fashion editorial the next you know it was there was no and you're as a stylist you're doing all the logistics you're doing all the production you're doing all the 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 casting like that's like a minimal side or you're looking at two weeks there isn't the money in it you know that's that's the main part and then when you go to for something like a mortgage they're like
0: what is yeah. this
1: yeah <laughs> what like what, what is this
0: pocket money
1: exactly so i when i joined um pennies it was it was brilliant i loved the girls i worked with but i joined at a very controversial time for the business um, it was just when the rana plaza collapsed mm-hmm. so there was a lot of internal issues and in fairness to them, they did deal with it well, and they were the first to kind of hold themselves accountable mm-hmm. as having a factory in the building. Yeah. And um it was really devastating. And I I remember feeling really sick about the whole thing. It just didn't sit, sit right with well, me. Yeah. No, and I was never a fast fashion person anyway, so I wasn't actually the Penny's customer. And I think that w- that's kind of important if you work for them. Did you? S- I hate to say sell your soul, but you feel you kind of conformed a little for you and your partner
0: for your future and just to kind of have stability. Totally. OK. Yes. So you, uh, but you I thought was, it's a great gig and it's a big absolutely. brand. Everyone yeah. wants the gig, but it's not necessarily me. No, but not at okay. all.
1: But I was kind of brought in under the guise that I could do more creative. Okay. Like they were talking about having an in-house studio to do shoots. and Amazing. You anyway. know, so I was brought in. But. When it came down to it, I had to get my work done first yeah, of course did, and everything yeah. else came as an extra, you know, which I never had time to do. So I, I got on with it. I was there for 20 months. I left um, when I had my first boy, Ollie. So that was in 2014. I left in June 2014. How was that? leaving
0: it did you feel like a failure did you feel it was the best decision you've ever made no
1: so I left on maternity leave okay I fully intended going back okay fully intended going back because it was a, I'll tell you it was a massive thing to step away from styling like I had built up a name and a reputation yeah. for myself I would have been very well known and then I just kind of turned, turned on it off head yes and just was like oh now I'm in a corporate buying job everyone was like what why would you give up what you you know I was seen as a yeah. success But inside I was crumbling, you know, I was, I knew the industry was changing. I wasn't willing to put myself in front of a camera. You know, I was constantly being asked to do things like expose and everything. And I I just, it was I had such a phobia about the whole TV thing. And I couldn't see how I could keep progressing doing what I was doing. I knew I had to pivot in some way. So I left fully intending to come back. And then my husband got a, was working in Edinburgh four days a week. We moved from Dublin to Ritoth and I had a new baby. I had a six month old and I was due to go back and I just couldn't like I couldn't physically make it happen. You're you're so um, I think it's just
0: such a female like it's what we do. You're so cash about like and I had a. and then I, I had the baby Ollie. That pregnancy and the having of Ollie and all that was that. A game changer? How did you find it? Did you cope well with that? Were you very naturally maternal? Um, Did you enjoy those baby days at home snuggling or did you find it really challenging? Like how was all of that for someone who was probably similar to kind of my career background where it's buzzy, it's media, you're in demand, you work late nights, early mornings, you're just living by the seat of your pants. Um, But it's exciting all the time. Was it really hard?
1: Yes. But my first was nothing compared to my second you know my first there was a novelty it I don't mean novelty but there was I just immersed myself in it you know yes every part of it was hard the the labor was a nightmare the breastfeeding was a nightmare the you know this obviously the sleepless nights but he was he was a good baby, I, I realise now, <laughs> after yeah, having yeah. Another, another one. Um, and I suppose, just because I'd moved to Ratoth, I was in my lovely new house. I really, Embraced I really enjoyed it. that time. And I just, I suppose I was, I was institutionalised, really. Yeah. And I just went with it. Okay. Um, so I wasn't really hit. It's interesting, because I've I've always suffered with anxiety, like generalised anxiety disorder from being a child. But I... I think I needed the the break from the industry, and
0: and it's funny because maternity leave and having Baba is not it's a break far from a break. But I was it was n- a
1: break from that. It was nice to see another side. Totally. It was nice to see, and I remember bringing Ali in to um to the girls and Penny's and just being like, "Well, it's easier than this." Like, and I and that was the truth. I felt wow, I was more exactly. I was more in my comfort zone being at home with wow. my baby and then being in that job and I so I was all geared up and I was looking at childcare, care and um, then I just broke you know I was obviously working in my, like in my head trying to convince myself the whole time I have to do this this is what's and giving myself no choice and then I was like I cannot physically drop my baby into a crash at seven in the morning work with girls 10 years younger who are able to fly off to Bangladesh at the drop of a hat who have no responsibilities, collect my kid at seven who's going to be sick for the next six days, you know, while my husband's in another country. It was just like, this does not make sense. This is an impossible task. So I pushed out my leave as long as I could. And I was due back in, I think it must have been the June, yeah, the June, like a year later. And I found out I was pregnant on my second (sighs) Wow, And that was just So had you kind of made a decision over. by that year I
0: may not go back yeah. So you kind of had worked it yeah. out in your head And yeah. you worked out the financials and the logistics And had you then decided I'm going to be I'm going to work within the home I, The stay at home mom thing as well I'm going to work within the home and
1: figure something else out it, Yeah okay. I remember. I remember my brother-in-law saying to me Oh happy retirement I <sighs> was like no i i don't think it's that but i suppose i was in a way i was leaving penny so i was yeah. leaving that job or whatever but yeah there was not a second where i thought that that was it for my career i knew i had styling to go Fact back two. to okay but i did not know the pressure i would put myself under to get back into it so you're pregnant okay so Planned. i'm pregnant
0: No Private question of course But like was it something You were like We will eventually have A second or third child Or was it It kind of happened And it was a free flow And that's fine
1: We had a conversation On the 26th of June Will we have another Maybe The next day I said I don't want another Okay And two weeks later Yes Wow And two weeks later I found out I was pregnant
0: That's intense That is a very short I mean I feel like You know I had children And I didn't But that is a very short gap and very tricky because that one to two year with that age is very hard. It, um, I, again,
1: it was like being in impe- like whenever you felt you were just figuring something out, the rug would be pulled. Like I felt I was just figuring out what Ollie, you know, needed, what, needed what, at yeah. that age, and I had just gotten maybe three nights out of the 365 nights sleep. Yeah, and then I, I, I swear to God, I nearly passed out. Like I was like shocked. And I and I sound so awful because of course I know how privileged I am and how grateful I am for my kids. No, it's but not, not awful It's the moment. Real. Yeah. I just thought, oh what am I gonna do? You know, what what am I gonna do? I was just figuring things out in my head. I'd started doing a little bit of blogging. I had done what I was dipping dipping my toenail, mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. back into yeah. the style industry because I was very reluctant mm-hmm. to um, but I did a couple of commercial jobs so just kind of to see and, and getting a little bit of money in or whatever.
0: Was your husband thrilled?
1: My husband was ha- really happy. Okay. Yeah, because he just thought, you know, well, we have all the stuff and Great. we're in it, yeah. so... Oh that's not going to change his life completely. No, like, you I know suppose, what I mean? <laughs> but it, it absolutely did. Okay, that's
0: interesting. It and I, I, I mean it. that in the nicest possible way. Um, we know how pivotal um, fathers being present in a ch- children's lives and how incredible our dads are nowadays, what, what the generational change, which has been so important. Um, but it, it still doesn't turn their body and their jobs and their lives. Like stepping out even for maternity for me was game changing mm-hmm. because you're out of an industry for a year and it's hard. Mm-hmm.
1: So you're pregnant. How is the pregnancy? Terrible. Okay. I knew, I actually thought I was pregnant before I even did the test because I had back pain already. I had the pubic, whatever that's called, the pelvic, pelvic, uh, yeah, my hips kind of split. Um, I can't remember. See this uh, when you and you. I was so in it at the time, obviously, and now with a few years, I can't even remember the names of everything. But it's like. Yeah, it's something to do with your pubic bone and your something to do physio, with your, like the where the just across your pelvis, yes. yeah, and and yeah, so whatever way head. the baby was being carried, it was leaning. It was just bananas. It just from the get go, this boy was Broky. yeah, he was something else. Okay. He was something different. And then I suppose when you're pregnant on your first, you can really take time out for yes. yourself. Oh. You know, it's all like I'm going to go for a nap. Can you scratch my back and yeah. do my feet? I'm going to go meet and my friends for lunch. Oh yeah, the second is just like a joke. Yeah. And there I am running after an incredibly active one-year-old who's like constantly just at me to do stuff. So. He wants to be in my arms the whole time. My back is literally breaking my coccyx. Everything was just totally out of whack because I wasn't fit and I, you know, but that's, I wasn't because planning Because you just on, had a baby. Yeah, exactly, true. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah so I'm like- just yeah, had a baby. I, my, takes I a no long time. core kind of, you know, strength or anything. So the pregnancy was really difficult. I got prenatal depression, and um, we don't talk about this one enough.
0: It's always the postnatal or the the postpartum anxiety, but the prenatal is an absolute thing.
1: Yes, Um, yeah. I, as I said, I've always suffered with anxiety, and I have been on medication for it. Um, I I went down to like the lowest when I was pregnant with Ollie, um, and it was it was you know safe to take for the pregnancy, and then I. And then I gave, and then I stopped taking it for a while because I you know I I felt comfortable, um, and then it came back with a bang when I was pregnant with Harry with a bang I f- I just felt hopeless I lost so much weight I think I was only seven stone when I was six months pregnant, yeah it's shocking yeah like there's very few Were the doctors concerned like the doctors is your husband you concerned go, yeah of
0: course of course and oh wow, seven stone six months pregnant is dangerous yeah
1: i just thought you couldn't eat you were no i was having all i could eat was one banana sandwich a day i remember like that's that's the only thing and i'd have to force myself i'd be gagging the whole way through it i was just was it an actual physical like illness you
0: think or it was pure anxiety it was pure anxiety that manifested then physically Physically, because i let it go
1: so long and i kept saying i can cope i can cope i can cope and then it fell into, I can't cope, I can't cope, I can't cope. I'd wake up every morning saying, I can't cope, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I was so worried about Harry. And I was so worried about the pregnancy. And we didn't have the, m- the money. I felt everything was a burden. I didn't want to bug my husband to say, can we get like a reassurance scan? Or can we, g- because... Everything's extra?
0: You've been out of work so for I, a year, Exactly. So I didn't
1: want to add on, add on. He had just started a new job. It was in consultancy. They were old school. You know, he had to be there every day. He had to wear a suit. I was, I'd be lying on the couch, not able to move with Ollie crawling all over me going, please, you have to stay home. You can't leave me. And he would just be like, I can't, like, re- I'm going to lose my Where job. Where do you
0: think the anxiety, like, why do you think your head was so in the toilet? Like, was it the fear of bringing these two small children up and what was ahead for them and could you cope? Was it the fear of losing yourself or was it just something you can't really, It's there's no
1: explanation for it? I think it was both really. Um, I think I probably was, I, I had convinced myself that I was so fine with Ollie when I really wasn't. Okay. And it's amazing what your mind can do. And, you know, I could have pushed through that and I would have been fine. But then adding... The, the pregnancy on top of that it just it was too much i just completely cracked you know i wasn't being honest with how hard i was finding it because you know a few of my friends had babies at the same time and they were doing amazing oh everyone's doing amazing yeah. but i remember but you they know. were so good like i remember even saying uh, saying it once to one of them and she, like she turned around to me and she said if you think they're doing amazing they're lying if they tell you they're doing amazing they're lying like no one has not even people
0: who never struggle with their mental health are doing amazing it is hardcore having children Mm -hmm. with all their needs and difficulties and your needs and difficulties and you combine that and it is a shit show so you know I do struggle a lot with the Instagram perfect like I have wonderfully Instagram perfection moments you know what I mean like beautiful Mm -hmm, moments with mm -hmm. my children and I want to eat them
1: yeah
0: but most of the time, like anything in life, you're dealing with a lot of gray yeah. and a lot of haze, yeah. and it's like work or families. Nothing is perfect, absolutely. And I do struggle with that. And I think that we have to change the dial there mm-hmm. because I think for women who feel a fertility is basically them—that's what your your sole purpose is—and then B, you better be maternal, but you also better be career driven. But you also—it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. And I—I think it's interesting. My second pregnancy was a, a real challenge. I remember being in the bath and my four year old no my three year old you know she wasn't big but she was still crawling into the bath on top of me at three to lie on me and I had an a, you know an eight month bump and screaming for my husband to come up and help mm, me mm. and he was like you know watching something and I do remember that bottom of the barrel feeling yeah. of like I don't think I'm coping. Yeah, yeah yeah I was like can you take her out of the bath yeah she's gonna damage the baby I can't get out of the bath and he was like yeah I'm coming relax but it was just I panic. Yeah yeah so you go towards labor and does the panic, is the anxiety so worsening? So
1: I went, I went into, uh, the rotunda when I was, uh, oh, actually I ended up, I, I ended up going into like an a- A&E or in the beacon, like the cardiac. Cause I was worried. I was having really bad palpitations. I have hyperthyroidism. I have Graves disease. So oh, there, yeah, there's a lot going on, um, So I had to get my heart checked because I was having palpitations and they were worried, you know, because I was 28 weeks pregnant at the time. Everything was fine. They did an ECG and everything, but it was just, that was kind of, I want to say that was rock bottom, but it probably wasn't because then that went on for two weeks and then I ended up going into the rotunda and they, I met with the psychiatric nurse and she was like, you've still got 10 weeks to go. That's too long. We need to get you on something. So I went to see the psychiatrist there and he put me back on medication and I remember him saying to me, you know, like one in a hundred women take this during pregnancy, you know, like, so what did that tell you? And I was like, that it's hormonal. And he was like, no, that it's safe. Like, but it has to, like the hormones were just going absolutely nuts. And so then I, I started taking it and I wasn't well at all. Like I was. I, I felt so guilty I was waking up every morning and like throwing up you know I just I i put myself under so much pressure because I was like why can't I do this everyone else can do this why do I have to take something you know why can't I just be a, an amazing mom and so I'd all of that and um, so then Harry arrived and it was the labor was actually lovely compared okay. to the first it was very calm and he was is just the most beautiful kid and it, everything was brilliant like obviously again the breastfeeding was a nightmare and <laughs> you know the the nipples were raw and bleeding and everything. Sorry, Barry. Uh, or Yeah, <laughs> we've got we've got our edi- editor and videographer
0: listening to these stories. And I think he's Whoops. he's I think he's learned so much uh-huh. about uh, about having babies. It'll either put him off or he'll embrace all of it one day. Um oh God, but yeah he'll no, be well educated. I, um I, I, the the the, yeah. the f- kind of falsity that like you stick a baby on your boob when it's this natural moment is just horseshit because so far you've cracked nipples, sore nipples, nipples, bleeding yeah. nipples. You're in so much I used to be in so much pain I my legs Jason said so I used to stretch my feet out just to curl because I wow. was so sore yes well every was part kind of you were so need. tense yes.
1: you know your shoulders would lock you would be like it's like how can this be a natural thing it's, it's not so painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah well I suppose being natural doesn't mean it's not gonna be painful it's like labor you know um so then I was home with a newborn and a toddler which obviously was incredibly challenging Harry not a good sleeper and because he wasn't a good sleeper we were, we'd get up to him because we didn't want Ollie to wake, you know, so we were constantly, so I don't think I slept for maybe the first four years of his life, like seriously, it was.
0: There's no deep sleep, there's no REM, there's no um, mental health break from it, it's a relentless, and I think we say so much, sure I'm not getting any sleep, I'm not getting, it's sleep deprivation. She's not sleeping. And it's just so funny and it's a given. And actually the burden of that is is on you physically. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm going through a period of, I, I'd say literally an hour sleep a night and it does start to affect your health. Of course. It's and your marriage torture. and your friendships. Yeah. Did you have a huge, and you can be really honest about this, did you feel you had a huge support circle around you or did you feel quite alone?
1: I felt really alone. But I think... That is it cuz you'd move further out is it cuz you'd okay. yeah, and also because I didn't want to ask for help I was like I have to be able to do this it's only two kids like come on like my eldest sister has 5 children and she had 3 back to back you know Why we do this? yeah so again the comparison <clears throat> of like it's only 2 you can do this you're at home you don't even have to go to work come on do this do this like but again, it was in my head going, I, I can't do this. I can't cope. I can't cope. So it was, it was very, very intense for a long time. And you, you like people that have two under two, like, oh, it's just- It's the Irish twin, isn't it's it? It's
0: It's so young. It's very quick. Yeah.
1: It's absolutely nuts. And
0: so sorry, is your other child in preschool, or big minded or literally on you all day? No,
1: he's, he's home with me all day. So he's I on pu- you
0: and you're trying to breastfeed and your husband's yeah, working? Yeah, I think,
1: yeah. I put him into crash one day a week from I think uh, actually from nine months I put him into crash one day a week so I kept that up when Harry was born so I had one day when he was in crash and that was such a guilt as well because I wasn't making any money you know like you're hard
0: your on yourself yeah I'm
1: I'm really hard on myself
0: my god I mean I remember having my second baby and G was off school for the summer and just being like what camp can I put her into for five days that she can learn it a- activity or a talent and I can actually get some because I found it really hard so the fact that you're saying oh it's really hard to put them in for one day god you're really hard on yourself yeah
1: yeah it was it was a lot uh, so I started going to CBT then because again I just I knew I wasn't coping and I was trying to get back it, so obviously this is I think Harry was six months Um I had been asked a couple of times to do shoots and I'd had I when I was pregnant I'd been asked to do, like editorial shoots for like Image Magazine Irish Country and I'd gone and met with them and said yes and then I just was like I, I can't I actually can't do this so I had to let them down so I had another chance so like a year later they came back to me and said well are you ready now kind of thing and I said yes and um, so I had this crazy pressure then that like okay I have this has to work I yeah. have to do this yeah and um, so I I would say that kind of caused a break like a breakdown you know, I I was very sick. I did one shoot and then I I kind of physically collapsed and I just couldn't get out of bed. And um, I, I think I was in bed for like the guts of three weeks and I was waking up every morning and I was vomiting and I didn't want to be around the boys. I was so, I let my anxiety and depression just get really on top of me again.
0: How's your husband in all of this so he's trying to keep the
1: show on the road is he now off work no because it, the company he was working for were just so old school and they didn't get it so he was caught he was calling in sick he was trying to work from home God. but they didn't really he was trying his best I've like when I think about it I put him under so much pressure as well so got got back on the meds or maybe upped them and started going to CBT and my therapist said to me don't take on any more work first of all oh. and I, like I remember I felt so guilty about going to therapy because I was like who's paying this is a hundred euro where are we getting this money you know um but it's something I had to give you know so we, we started talking through and I was like I, you know I think my husband's gonna leave me and I think and she was like okay but how real is this is this just you like you know in your head or has he actually said I'm going to and, and you've I'm... taken to the bed for three weeks yeah which exactly so
0: so stunningly sad to me like it's so hard to know that a woman who's these two kids has got to take to the bed to cope and yet the funny thing about that is is kids are really robust and they really are they 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 get on with it they they are survivors Mm -hmm. compared Mm -hmm. to adults Mm -hmm. i think definitely they're so resilient they're so resilient they don't have a clue what's going on they're fed they're minded they might beg you for things but they're okay and yet you probably have just a heap of guilt about them but really you if you aren't okay I always feel this way. No one in the house is okay. So you did reach out for help, which I think is brilliant because so many don't.
1: Yeah, I remember going down to the kitchen one night, and again I was stick thin, and I wasn't. I couldn't eat. My stomach was in bits, and I hadn't like, as I said, I hadn't like left the house. I don't think I'd even showered. And I started. I picked up Harry, and I started dancing around the kitchen. And Connor just said, "Oh, look, Mum's back," and I just was like, I didn't want to like first i crying cuz then it's like oh here she goes again but i just remember being like oh god this this is so hard there's yeah. a lot of
0: guilt in the mental health there's a lot of guilt of like you know when even that comment there is is seemingly you know nothing It's a kind comment about yeah, she's back We love her We need her But actually it then Puts you further back in Well I was gone mm.
1: And there's more mm. guilt with that mm. Which is
0: very hard People mm. don't realise it But they're like Oh look She's back She looks amazing She's this She's bounced she's... And you don't realise That actually starts Another narrative in your totally. mind About how you've been gone was, I failed know? Yeah, I
1: failed I was a failure When for you talk time.
0: about all this this non eating and i know it's not a, a aesthetic thing or a physical thing it's something to do with wanting to be you know hair and chic model but did you find all of this was manifesting in an anorexia at all or was it nothing to do with eating disorders? No, you just it was couldn't nothing eat? to do with an eating disorder I've so always it was more found the depressive my,
1: yeah i've always found my anxiety and my mental health starts in my stomach okay so even when it's i was growing gosh. up i'd say to me, no i can't my stomach's too sore you know and like she would have brought me to people when i was younger because and and it was it was always a mental health okay. thing that that it it's all in my st- stomach. It's all in my stomach. If I'm nervous, it's in my belly. You know, if and I just can't. And and honestly, since then I've been fine, and obviously the medication helps as well. But um, it's it was just mad how like I literally I couldn't even look at food. You know, everything. I was just nauseous the whole time.
0: Did you stay away from social media? Were you engaged in couldn't social? Were you talking about your mental health look struggles? At social media. No.
1: And I just remember thinking. I wish I could talk to people. Like, I felt I had so much to say. I remember mum talks kind of started around that time. And I remember thinking, I wish I had the confidence to tell people how hard I'm finding this because there has to be other people. Why didn't like you? This. Were you scared of talking about it? I felt I was a no one. I was irrelevant. I was, you know, a mum living in, in the country with her two kids, a stay home mum, you know. There was so your conversation wasn't important to the no, general exactly dialogue? yeah exactly so that had to change did you also
0: fear that it would ruin your career if you are open about mental health or not you know was that not even a uh,
1: no of course but it's my story like
0: I I think there's a feeling it's dirty and grimy to talk yeah, about something I can't.
1: that's I, I'm not okay with that yeah either. I think that's bullshit yeah maybe because I've had it for so long that now that it's out there, I am so relieved. I think it rounds
0: you. It actually shows that there are so many complex divisions of you. that have got the creativity that I think to just be like, she shows up, she's immaculate, her home life is perfect, is just not the case. And that's,
1: and that's what I never wanted to show. So, what happened was when I went back into styling in 2016. How many? There, okay, so
0: what age are the, the boys now? So,
1: Harry is still newborn, Ollie's two wow. and a half. Uh, the industry had changed so much and it was all about Instagram. But why did you go
0: back if you were told by, you know... So she
1: said, don't take on anything until March, the end of March, you know, and we'll work on it. So I was was building up my confidence. I knew, like, that's exactly... My sister was like, why would you go back at all? Like, just stop on your... And I knew I had to. I had to because I was losing it being at home with the kids okay. that could not be my life an I needed a creative outlet and I was like I was fidgety I was you know I was like no I need to get back okay. out there so I planned I actually organised a shoot Image got me to do the set, another shoot with them like Marie Kelly was the fashion director in Image at the time and she was absolutely amazing that's what I always say you just need one person oh, to believe in you 100%, just one person one person believes in you you're okay for life and she was championing me 100% she loved my work she loved my portfolio so I went back and I organized the shoot and I did it with Barry McCall, who I'd worked with for decades. I did it in his studio, my comfort zone. I used Paula Callan, who was a makeup artist that I'd used. You know, I had all... The first time that I did it, it was a new photographer, a new hairstylist. And, you know, it was all like too far out of my comfort zone. This, there was a control element in it. It was the most beautiful shoot. So my confidence starts building up. So I was like, okay, yeah. I can do this and it it just got I would from a mental health point of view it got easier it got harder from the kids getting sick you know I remember having a standoff In my hall With my husband going No you have to take the day off And handing the baby And him handing the baby back to oh. him, No you And I said But I Haven't we all been there Like it was literally We're both edging towards the front door I'm like No but I, If I'm not there The shoot doesn't happen He's like I can't miss another day of work You know like you, it was It's just, like you
0: adore these beings But the escape is so necessary Yeah oh, we have that late at night Where it's like Well this is my schedule For well I can't change mine Well I ain't changing mine And then you're at this locked Locker of, heads And yeah. it's awful Because yeah. These are the most precious, like, like they are. They're the most wonderful things who did not ask to be brought into this world. Who, like I adore the ground my children walk on. And I don't I don't think you should bring in children into the world without huge thought. I think it's a massive responsibility and I take it very seriously. But my God, the escape days and the necessary running away days. And they're so hard fought, you know? I know.
1: And I remember just being on a shoot, being like, this is like a holiday. Oh God. It's actually like a holiday. And now I have to go home and do my real job. You know, and the dread of like what you're going home to. And that's that's like we're still we still have the bedtime battles, you know, even with the boys nearly seven and nearly nine. Like and they it's just we have to divide and conquer with them. And it's a full it could be up to an hour process of trying to get them to bed. So bedtime is our
0: our shit show. And then we
1: sit on the couch at half nine. One of us
0: has gone to the gym or clean the kitchen or one of us is and we're like. I, just wanted to, yeah. I wanted to talk about just that holiday a thing. Oh my gosh, 100%. And then we go to bed. And I know it's all temporary too. And we were saying this earlier, like coming out of the trenches, but um, many a phone call, if I do get an opportunity to work from home, it's just children screaming. And I yeah. feel like they amp it up yeah. when you're on the phone because yeah. they're not getting your... Oh, and you could be on the 100%. most important phone call or trying to get a deal, struck, yeah. or, and they're just screaming. Um yeah.
1: it is. It's relentless. But uh, so I, obviously, uh, you know, I think it's, easy to hear that I did totally lose myself and this, the styling side of it like I loved but I felt I needed to work on myself as well. So I decided to start a personal project on Instagram because I figured like okay I lost myself mentally, I felt I lost myself physically I was I wasn't making any effort with my clothes and stuff and I thought Jesus, if I am feeling like this and I work in the fashion industry, how many hundreds if not thousands of women feel the same? So that's why I started doing Instagram try-ons because I also wanted to get my personality across. Like a lot of my work is, you know, was so creative for magazines and stuff, but like... It's not really saying anything about me. You know, obviously, there was no connection to you. You're there styling a sheet, but there isn't that
0: open. Yeah, 100%. I I would agree. You see a name of a stylist and you don't know them. No, of
1: course. It's just a name. So I thought, yeah, okay I'll start doing this. And so I set a personal project and I started then putting it up on Instagram as a try on. And then as it went on, I started doing try on Tuesdays. I started that hashtag. And I started getting a good following then. You know, I got maybe a few big accounts like Weistall or whatever sharing it. So then I got, you know, a bunch more followers, whatever. And soon I was getting like thousands of views every Tuesday. Like I would see the increase, you know, just because I was being consistent about it. And then, you know, brands would reach out to me and ask me to do it for, you know, I started getting kind of paid gigs and then COVID hit. So my job as a stylist was gone, totally. So you're starting to find your feet. The
0: two boys are coping because children cope and they get through life. Um, You've started this great thing, this like entrepreneurial business online where it's like, you know, you're actually
1: reaching out and then it's bam, Mm. you know, it's just back to the abyss. Mm -hmm. How'd you find that? Um, I felt like this was an opportunity for me to like experiment more with the social media side of things. I felt, okay, the styling is gone. The, I just started hosting events for Caldera village and doing showcases. Oh gosh, you know, I'd okay. started getting yeah. all of this really good work and then, and like hosting the podcast and everything. It was really, it was get, getting very rounded. You know, I had the social media side. I had the print side. I had the, the event side. And, uh, I just thought, okay, you can either just give up or keep going. And I was really getting something out of Instagram. You know, it wasn't a one way thing. Like, I'd built up a community and they were giving me confidence. Like, I would be a nervous wreck putting up some of my try-ons. And then I'd start getting comments and being like, oh, I love that. Straight away. And I know there is that kind of dopamine thing. but The validation. Yeah, but it was... It was more than that. It was a community, you know. But and that's it was your
0: skill. I mean, this isn't just this kind of um, superficial, she's into clothes. You are a style. Yeah. Like, this is actually what you honed your expertise on. You've huge experience in the industry. You know what does and doesn't work for particular body shapes, looks, types, height, careers. Um, you are an expert. Mm. At and I mean, that is true. Like, this isn't just for the crack. Like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show exactly. off my newest Gucci. Like, exactly. and so because of that, you get, fulfillment mm-hmm. that is very different to parenting because the fulfillment comes much later. So it must have been very good for your mental health.
1: Yeah, it was I think yeah, it was the game changer because then I felt more confident to talk more about myself personally, aside from fashion and about my mental health and struggles. And then I started doing um, I did a little series on belonging and the sense of belonging, which I loved. I did a little series called the Chrysalis Collective, which, you know, I interview. I did lives with people. You know, I'm really interested in people and I'm really interested in connecting with people. And it's not just about fashion, but people were coming for fashion. You know, tell us
0: about the business now, which is so interesting yeah, to me. So what you do now is quite
1: out of the ordinary, I think. Oh, well, great. Yeah, I, I that's that's what I want. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I was doing the try-ons and I was getting brands coming to me and they were, you know, pain and stuff. And it, you know, it was going well and I could have kept ticking away, but I kind of thought, Jesus, do I want to be kind of mid forties still doing try-ons for all these, pla-? you know, I was like, well, th- you know, why don't I take ownership of this? Why don't I stock the clothes that I'm trying on? Right. So I had dabbled in the idea. I don't know about you, but like About five months after I had my second, I got this kind of rush of energy, you know, and I'm like, (laughs) what am I doing? What, You know, where am I going with this? And I had dabbled with the idea of opening a boutique, but then reality hit and we got down to childcare costs and it was like, no, this makes absolutely no sense. So it had always been in the back of my mind, well, since 2016. So I was like, okay, I can't like the bricks and mortar side, probably not a great idea for now because the kids are still so young. But there is something there digitally. There is a need. Women love what I do. They love when I put outfits together. They love being told what to wear, instructional, takeaways, all that kind of stuff. So how can I marry all of this? So I set up Styled By in September 2021, which is a multi-brand online women's wear boutique. But it's also a personal shopping service. You can come and have one-to-one styling sessions with me. And then... The videos I try to show how to wear. Wow. There's a, a, a lot of different elements to it. I also do events and pop ups. Wow. Um, you know, I'm trying How's to it go going? it's going really well. It's going really well. I do like walk in weekends where people can just come if they don't want to make an appointment with me in particular. Do you love it. I love it. I love the day to day of it. It is so fulfilling. It's very stressful, I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's so much more than I had. But maybe thought. that's
0: always going to be the career choice. You make a very busy stress.
1: Maybe that is just oh my the God, life you've just you... summed me up. It's yeah. like I, maybe you're I, driven. Why don't I just go yeah. for the easy path? Nope. Not for me. How's your head? Great.
0: I'm in a great space. Wow. Yeah. Is it because of the age of your children or because you've <clears throat> gotten so much
1: help? Um, I CBD? think I know it's interesting. I found the first year really stressful and I was at breaking point a couple of times. But. Um, I have great support now my sister came in she's working with me she's doing all kind of the order fulfillment and like the stock management I have childcare do you think about I having more have.
0: kids do you ever
1: no way that's such a
0: private personal question but I'm always like oh no
1: that ship has sailed and I think that has helped me mentally as well
0: you've closed that door
1: I mean I think part of me finding having the second so stressful was because I was like oh my god I have to do this again oh my god how am I ever gonna have third oh my god I can't do this I can't do this now I'm like that has been taken away that's not even an option and I am so happy with my kids they are at the best ages like okay they run us ragged but they are brilliant they are so much fun They uh, like Did you ever think you'd get to that point where you're like I'm enjoying every aspect of parenting No And I'm not enjoying every aspect Oh sure Yeah But that it's actually a thrill It's not just a dredge No I got so lost in the humdrum of the minutes of the hours of the days That I could not see the woods for the trees And I remember my mum saying this too shall pass This too shall pass My I had a couple of mantras to get me through the, the trenches was the first one just you know try and go easy on yourself for the first whatever people say about one year I say five years agreed go easy on yourself Um, my other one is like a Chinese proverb and I'm gonna misquote this but it's like as lot like keep moving as long as you're not standing still you're, you're progressing good. you know so don't worry about moving slowly worry about standing a, still. Good, a
0: good friend of mine evening actually um she's a great friend but she I remember her saying to me once you're so keen on getting back to who you were back to who you were try and remember that this is temporary and go back in to whatever you were doing previously and not worry so much about being 100% and that actually it's psychologically better for you because women just need those five years to actually Absolutely. just survive
1: I've dropped the perfectionism Yeah, that was a massive thing for me that was holding me back so much and maybe that's why I feel I can talk about my mental health and I can be open and I can be vulnerable because perfection is a myth. It is a myth. I could talk to you for
0: hours you're she um you hopefully you'll see bits of social snippets Sarah is very naturally I saw her outside very naturally stylish which is super important for your job but it is because you're some you're an eye-catching person people will look to you and that's exactly kind of what you're now trying to recreate I guess and help your your clients with but you're just really beautiful and naturally stylish and at ease in yourself so you look fantastic um I think your business idea is is brilliant um but a final question and one that is on my mind a lot at the moment when I talk to other women um how's your marriage and how do you make that cool because mm-hmm. it's
1: hard it is hard and especially because we were on autopilot for so long and um, we celebrated 10 years wow congratulations in on new year's eve congratulations i was sick in bed because <laughs> once i stopped for christmas it was like game over we had a gorgeous three days in morocco in october and We we saw each other again. You know, it was really lovely to you find. Yeah, absolutely. And we had fun and we laughed and we were just chill. We didn't have to talk to each other the whole time. We were just there. The marriage part is so hard. And especially when you've literally just been getting through it for so long. It's like, oh, hi, you. You know, I remember just saying to my husband, I just grab him by the arm and be like, I love you. Let's just do this. You know, like it's it's just we are an incredible team we really are he is he sounds so very so amazing he's absolutely amazing and he does so much like he is the one washing up he's the one dropping the kids like we found this lovely rhythm now because he can work remotely I think that is also a game changer if I had him there I don't think I would have cracked you know um he he is he's wonderful
0: She's shown us there's light at the end of um, a pretty tricky tunnel and I think it's really important to know that for anyone listening now who's really in that very dark place. Sarah Rickard, I could talk to you for hours. Thank you so much for coming on the pod.
1: Thank you for having me, Rebecca. I
0: hope you enjoyed this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me and if you did, it would be wonderful if you could subscribe to the podcast.